Hi, what's up guys? My name is Ira and we are in session with Dr. Lena today. She's a very special guest. Um, now, as we all know, we are going through unprecedented times. Um, so we thought it would be insightful for all our listeners to hear from a medical professional who, although has not been on the front lines as of yet, but may be able to shed some light on the current situation. Um, but first share her story with us. So before we dive into all of that, let's welcome Dr. Lena, an eye specialist. How are you today, Dr. Lena? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so first off, I want to start off the session by getting to know you a little, um, getting to know about your journey. So tell me, where did it all begin? Right, so I was born uh, and raised in Pakistan, uh, where uh, I was born to a family where Education was very important part. Mm-hmm. Um, I did my uh, primary and secondary schooling from a common school in Pakistan, which was run by nuns. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, nuns, they are very strict with discipline and studies. Yeah. So, as I wasn't a very uh, serious student, I always dreaded going to school um, at that stage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, looking at my uh, other siblings, it gave me a motivation to study hard. Mm-hmm. And eventually uh, at a school leaving uh, stage, I did really well. Oh, that's and right, I got, yeah. yeah, I got very good grades and I got admission in medicine um, mm-hmm. in Karachi, which is called um, Jinnah Medical University, as mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a doctor. So mm-hmm. I was very delighted with that. Mm-hmm. So how did you find the medical university? How did you adjust to the university? Um, because I believe you moved to a new city for that as well, didn't you? That's right, yeah. So, yeah, going to university is totally different experience from school where you have more strictness, more discipline. Um, and uh, in college, that's not the case. Um, uh, where in universities, uh, you are supposed to do all the studies all by yourself. Teachers just give you a, a just overview of a topic and you have to study everything mm. by all by yourself. Yeah. Uh, so it was the same thing with me and especially when it was in a different city where um, I knew nobody and was all everybody was stranger everything was stranger but like um, uh, like anybody else it took me a while um, Mm -hmm. to get adjusted to the new place getting to know two new people Mm -hmm. and over the period of time um, I made new friends and I was comfortable with, with with the move Mm. and then things became easier oh that's that's good um so for the listeners who don't know um after completing your medical degree you have to undergo a foundation year which is like an internship to gain um further clinical experience so that's right yeah so how did you find your training um were the shifts long or was it part-time how was it um so yeah so for the internship yeah it's 12 months where you have to uh uh, decide on which subspecialty you want to get into trained into mm-hmm. um, and so I chose a few um, foundation is is very critical and stressful because you know whatever you have studied in all your five years uh, studies uh, everything comes into uh, practical uh, so you have to utilize your knowledge and because you're dealing with real people it's not like dummies so you are responsible for patients care yeah uh, so yeah it it was really stressful in the beginning 
especially when you're not used to working uh, at all and then all of a sudden you have to work 12 hour shift which yeah. was a usual thing and but when you're on call you are supposed to work 36 hours non-stop mm-hmm. um, which was stressful as well as tiring Mm-hmm. so but yeah but then again um uh, gradually you get used to of it and then uh, it becomes easier um uh, with the uh, uh, as com- uh, as about for uh, training and all yeah i found really good people mm-hmm. uh who trained and supervised me really well mm-hmm. um and you know in that way it was much easier uh, to do things mm-hmm. So okay so once you completed your training what were your plans um being an eye specialist was that something you always wanted to do um not really but yeah uh, as i said uh, with your uh, internship you are supposed to uh, choose different subspecialty and i just uh, randomly picked ophthalmology uh, but when i started working in it uh, i found it quite interesting that uh if if somebody is um, uh knows that oh you're working in eyes so they think okay this is just something confined to eyes only yeah uh but when i started working uh i realized that it's not not just the eyes um there are so many other things which can be related to your eye yeah so uh which means i was uh, dealing with people with general problems as well medical mm-hmm. or surgical so that made it really really interesting for me so mm-hmm. i decided that once my internship is done uh, i'll definitely put it into my priorities list for you know subspecialty doing my specialization later on mm-hmm. um yeah so when i finished my internship i decided to move to ireland uh, for further uh, studies and specialization as my older brother already lives there mm-hmm. uh, he was well settled over there so mm-hmm. uh in that way um my move was a little easier than As people usually have yeah. yeah yeah right okay so did you find any major differences in lifestyle or in the culture because um personally i had had a taste of both lifestyles throughout my life as i'd been here and there so when yeah. we did eventually move here to the uk the differences had become a norm for me so i say this um because a lot of people growing up uh in pakistan they usually have maids yeah. and drivers so right. when they move abroad they find it difficult to adjust in doing things for themselves so how did you cope with this was it something that took getting used to yeah totally agree it's it's very difficult when you're coming from a, a background where people do all your work um and when you come to western countries um you have to do everything yourself yeah. you have to be your own chauffeur you have to do your uh, cleaning exactly, cooking yeah. shopping everything so in the beginning yeah it was quite strange for me as well mm-hmm. but over the period of time uh you know i got used to it that yeah now i'm here <laughs> so i have to do everything all by myself yeah uh so yeah but um ireland i like ireland a lot um it was it's very beautiful scenic peaceful uh mm-hmm. crime rate is very low as compared to uk mm-hmm. and because it's smaller place than uk um everything was accessible hospital shopping people mm-hmm. were really friendly as well and because i have a very uh, supportive family my mom and my brothers they always supported me 
they never let me do uh, much of the house chores and they just let me do my training and studies yeah so which was a good thing yeah mm-hmm. so you have moved to ireland now um talk to me about your medical career at this point in your life right so when i moved to ireland i only did my um graduation and my internship so when i moved to uh, ireland like any other um uh, country when you move as a doctor when you move you have to uh, go for an licensing exam to practice in that particular country yeah so it was the same thing with uh, ireland so in order to get my irish uh, medical registration i had to go through their exams which at that time was called tras mm-hmm. uh now they call it uh, press so mm-hmm. it was a lengthy procedure um first you need an english exam called ielts mm-hmm. uh, and what score do you need for that so it was at that time it was a 7.5 in all the categories which is uh, quite high i'd say it is it, yeah. it is yeah yeah but that's what they needed uh mm-hmm. so um after you're done with your ielts then the second part of press starts that's the more clinical one mm-hmm. where um uh, it comprises of uh, a written exam yeah uh which is a multiple choice questions mm-hmm. um and then is the oski part which is a clinical practice part mm-hmm. uh now problem with that was um unlike plab they didn't have that frequent uh, um uh, opportunities to to sit in those exams so mm-hmm. you literally had to wait over a year to actually get a space uh, to sit those exams oh Mm-hmm. so yeah so i had to wait that and then once the exam was done exam was not difficult uh it was just your uh, basic medical knowledge that you have done over the period of five years yeah. um but um yeah it was uh when i cleared it the actual struggle began with um job hunting yeah uh which again wasn't easy because mm-hmm. um, i wanted to specialize in ophthalmology Yeah and uh, ophthalmology is supposed to be one of the south of the um after uh, specialties so oh, i literally right. had to wait the whole year mm. to actually get into the training program yeah and um, once i got into the training it was an extensive 10 years uh, of uh, oh my training. god 10 years yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it is really extensive where uh it ranges from your basic uh, eye knowledge then you have to do some surgical um, experience as well to perform different surgeries most commonly people go for cataract surgeries then uh, there are other cosmetic procedures like lid uh, um, blepharoplasties and uh, other things mm-hmm. so yeah it is an extensive um, uh, training Right okay. So at this point of time what was happening in your personal life were there any changes? <laughs> yeah um so like um, any other Asian family now that I was uh almost towards the end of my training my yeah. family wanted me to get married. Yeah. Um so uh I met my husband um here um and he was working in one of the same hospital where I was working oh so he's so, a doctor too oh yeah he's a doctor yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he works um in any so he's a frontline person uh-huh. at the moment yeah mm-hmm. so uh after getting to know him um uh for quite some time uh, we both decided to get married 
Mm-hmm. But then uh, his family lives in Pakistan and mine in Ireland. So yeah. obviously it was very difficult to meet face to face. So we had few uh, Skype meetings. And, Thanks to the uh, internet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. New technology. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then after that, um, um, we all had to go to Pakistan because of his family there. Uh, we and, um, I had a typical Asian wedding mm-hmm. uh, with um, hundreds of guests, few pre-wedding uh, events, and lots and lots of food, colorful mm-hmm. costumes. Mm-hmm. um and then um so uh we are blessed with uh two kids uh, with a period of 10 years now and both oh, are school great. age yeah. yeah that's great um okay so you are currently working in a hospital um so has covid effect- affected your um hospital in any way i mean are there any specific measures being taken um yeah so from march till uh end of may there was as you're aware um that there was a peak so there were so many people dying uh, and admitted to the hospital mm-hmm. uh so um my hospital did the same thing um uh they had to relocate all the wards and theaters and they had to dedicate it just for the COVID patients. All the ICU and theater were turned into COVID wards. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I think we dealt really well with um with the COVID patients. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah. Now I'm. We are hoping that the cases are declining now. Mm-hmm. So how do you think that the NHS will cope if God forbid there is a second wave of COVID, as many experts have predicted? Um, over the course of time right so um first time around earlier this year when this disease was all new to everybody yeah uh so very little was known and understood about it mm-hmm. um and that's how we ended up having so many um, um deaths uh, related to covid so many people diagnosed and they because we didn't know about the treatments so a lot of population was affected yeah um now uh, second time round, um, as far as managing the disease, yes, we know pretty much about the disease, so yeah. we can manage it well. Mm-hmm. But uh, if the second peak comes, uh, then uh, NHS will be overwhelmed with the volume of patients, which yeah, will be I'm difficult sure. to cope. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously, we are we don't have that many ventilators or. Uh, those kind of facilities to to deal with so mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's very important that people still need to uh, be, be very be yeah. careful and sensible about the things yeah so are you taking any special measures at home because I, I know your job requires you to be in constant contact with people so is there anything special that you're doing at home to, to uh... look after yourself or your family that's right, yeah, uh, because uh, we are very uh, in close proximity to the all the patients. And yeah. uh, to be honest, whichever patient we see, we see them as a COVID suspect, mm. uh, which means that we have to uh, take proper measures. Um, when we are in the hospital uh, uh, dealing with patients, we have to make sure that we wear masks and gloves and things like that. Yeah. But when we come, come home, um, because we are paranoid like any other uh, people mm-hmm. so we make sure that we change our 
clothes at work. Uh, mm-hmm. We wear uh, scrubs in the hospital uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, working hours. Yeah. So we make sure that we don't bring scrubs home. We just uh, uh, and then when we come home, we make sure that um, uh, we sanitize our hands. Mm-hmm. We leave our shoes outside um, the door. Sure. And then take, wash hands, take shower as soon as we go uh, home. And uh, even now that my kids also are aware of those things, so they do the same thing. They they, they take shower before uh, doing anything else. Mm-hmm. So as a medical professional, what advice would you give to people who are unsure of PPE? What would you say? Um, um, because I am uh, aware that many people are not clear on this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I would say uh, that, uh, and now the it's a government policy as well that uh, you should wear a face mask, if possible. If not the mask, just put some scarf to cover your face. Yeah. Um, that will uh, help you uh, prevent from getting any infection from uh, silent couriers as well. Yeah. But um, I won't encourage people wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, in hospital, we have to wear gloves to avoid any cross contaminations between yeah. the patients. Yeah. Uh, but um, for general population, you don't need it because when you wear gloves, you uh, become a bit more uh, careless. I've seen yeah. people uh, that they go uh, everywhere with the same pair of gloves. Yeah. Uh, they will be uh, going to a supermarket, touching all the stuff, and then. With the same pair of gloves, they'll be sitting in the car, using it on the, the their steering wheels, and they actually take the gloves home as well. Yeah. So, which means that there is a chance and risk that you're carrying Spreading a germs, germs yeah. and yeah, you're taking it home, and then you don't realize that this is where you're getting the all the germs from. So I would say if if you know everybody is uh, so um, uh, worried about and anxious about these things, so if you think that you need to wear masks, uh, um, sorry, the gloves. Um, yeah. What you need to do is you make sure that if you are going to a supermarket with the gloves, uh, you discard them as soon as uh, you go out of the sh- uh, supermarket appropriately yes. into the bins, not on the floor like exactly, it was yeah. happening in the past. Yeah. So uh, uh, bin them appropriately, and mm-hmm. then if you're when you sit in the car, sanitize your hand, go home, wash your hands. Um, when you're bare hands, uh, you are more conscious of not touching it to your face, your eyes, yeah. and you make sure that you wash your hands thoroughly. Exactly. So that's basically you need to do. You need to wash your hands as frequent as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, because I am aware that today is your day off, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep you um, for too long. So I'll wrap it up finally asking you, what's your opinion on easing of the lockdown? Do you think it's too soon? Um, please share your views with us, please. Um, yeah, well, I don't think it's too soon. Um, government is taking all the precautions. They are not easing it down, you know, just like in one go. It's a step-by-step approach yeah so uh and they only started to ease it down when they uh there was a evidence a documented evidence that there was a constant drop in death rate and yes. new diagnosis of the uh, covid yes so that's how they started uh step by step but again uh that doesn't mean that uh you know uh, you're not supposed to be uh conscious of the thing fact that 
you still have to uh, maintain 2 meter social distance yeah. you still have to avoid crowded places you still have to wear mask you still have to wash hands mm-hmm. so basically um, you need to be more sensible and alert about those things mm-hmm. um, like you can see in uh, now in Leicester that uh, the numbers have gone be- up yeah yeah so the yeah. number have gone up so uh, government has implied the strict lockdown again yeah. so this is what we need that um, uh, even though it's been eased off in some places doesn't mean that uh, the virus is gone completely it yes. will take uh, it will take at least what's uh, what the studies are saying that it can take up to a year or a year and a half for the virus to actually go away yeah uh, so um, my message to people is please uh, still beware of the virus stay alert uh, do uh, your part of your duty we have done uh, good with staying home and yeah. don't re- ruin this uh, uh, hard work just mm-hmm. carry it on um yeah mm-hmm. and definitely agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah overcome the virus hopefully yeah yeah um yes i definitely agree with you um but i am conscious of the time so i All would right. like to quickly take a moment to thank you for sharing your story and your experience with us today and also for being our first guest it was a real pleasure and i wish you all the best thank you for inviting me thank you it was a pleasure Mm-hmm. Um, so to those who are listening we would like to thank you for staying with us this far we have got loads more planned for you guys so stay tuned um, as a quick note before you leave please subscribe to our youtube channel and hit the bell icon to turn on not- notifications if you would be interested in pairing as a guest head over to the details section of this episode and drop us an email with your details thank you once again for joining us today thank you <laughs>